Hi, travelers. On today's special edition of the Continental Sports Podcast, March Madness. Brian Scheibel from Sports Map Radio gives us an inside look into March Madness and helps us fill out our brackets. Make sure to check out the link tree in the description of this episode where you can find our links to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter accounts, and you can listen to us on your travels through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and more. Scheibel from host uh, from the College Football Weekly, host of the College Football Weekly on the Sports Map Radio, and founder of Post Game Central. How you doing, Brian? Yeah, just great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So you're uh, you are going to be covering March Madness for uh, Sports Map Radio, uh, specifically the Orlando uh, regions, uh, Louisville region, and then or Louisville Orlando. Uh, games and then the uh final four and then the, the championship as well but as well as having your hands in all the other uh divisions and uh sectors as well so we're excited to have you on talk some uh march madness help people fill out their bracket a little bit we'll we'll start right off the bat with the number one seed so what what team is the best number one seed and what team is the worst out of the number one seeds in your opinion yeah you know i kind of feel like um the the best one may still be you know, it, Purdue, if we're looking at the probably the toughest path to get to the final four of all the different regions. But I don't know. I, I just have a feeling that this year they, they might just uh, put some put things together. Uh, you know, they, they certainly have the best one of the best players in the tournament. Their center at Zach Eady. Houston, I think, may be the weakest of the of the of the top four, the four number ones. But I think has the opposite and they may have arguably the easiest path uh, back home to Houston. A lot of people are saying that Purdue didn't finish the season very well though. And their best resume came back in the start of the season. You know, they have wins over Marquette, they have wins over Duke, Gonzaga. Uh, but again, they didn't finish the uh, season off very well, the regular season and also turned the ball over a lot too. Uh, 18 and a half percent of their possessions, they turn over and then only, you know, not really shooting the ball from the three that well either. So does that concern you? And um, do, do you, would you still, you still are concerned on your top uh, number one seed. And then if they are your top number one seed, how far are they going in your bracket? Yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing about, you know, I, I keep waiting for them to put it all together, you know, year in, year out. Um, it seems like Matt Painter makes probably more, gets more out of less, you know, than some of the other coaches out there, but yeah, there's all kinds of traps along the way. I mean, potentially playing, uh, you know, Memphis around two. We saw what they did to to Houston in the American final. You know, then the, the arguably the Duke or Tennessee winner just to get to the the eight. Even more trouble awaits. Uh, you know, at the bottom part of the bracket. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think every one of those games they're the favorite, but do they have four or five, six in a row of them to actually get it done this year? Uh, you know, just not sure at this point, but uh, I, I kind of feel like Purdue is due for a championship here. Um, 
we'll see if it's this year or not. I think they sort of have the pieces on the on the floor that could get it done, though. And then the other uh, two teams in the number one seed, Alabama, of course, and Kansas. Uh, Kansas, arguably, arguably the greatest uh, uh, freshman in the league. Mm-hmm. In that, and uh, uh, Grady Dick. Uh, you know, Kevin McCuller from Kansas is also a great shooter. They're just uh, the team itself, though, does not really shoot that great. In the last nine games, only shooting just just over thirty percent from the three point line. And we know Bill Self has has had some health issues as well going into the tournament. But he should be back uh, by March Madness. I think even this week they said he 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 was coming back. But still, Kansas is, I think, one of the front runners to win it all again this year. Uh, like I said, uh, Jalen Wilson as well, that he has All-American talent. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Grady Dick just being that the best freshman in the league and probably even going to be a lottery pick next year in the NBA, uh, you know, one and done for him. Uh, Alabama, though, is a, another uh, – Again, another one seed. Interesting story for them, though. Uh, never really been in this position before. Mm-hmm. Never uh, never made a Final Four in the history of their program. Uh, just real quick, before we, mo- we move on to the two seeds, what is your thoughts about uh, Alabama? Do you, do you see them making a run, or do you think history kind of repeats themselves and you really don't see them getting past uh, the Elite Eight or even the Sweet 16? Yeah, I kind of feel like um... – because you're right, they they haven't made it that far. So you, everyone kind of thinks of oh, there's anybody who could, uh, you know, possibly dump them real early. This might be this might be the year to knock them off. I, I think they're the way that that program is growing. They're going to be one to contend with in the in future years. But can they do it all right away this year out of nowhere? You can't help but 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 look at that potential matchup with Virginia, two games down and you know know, talk about a a team that has a bunch of guys who've been on the on the roster for a few years i think that's going to be a tough spot i think maybe baylor uh if they can make it if all the way to a elite eight spot so yeah i kind of kind of feel like there there's decent chance of alabama getting getting knocked off here in the first two or three games and then on the other side with kansas that's that's the one region where I guess maybe I'm just being a little bit sentimental on this for the NCAA because of kind of like the same reasoning with Purdue. Can Gonzaga finally, you know, put it all together? And I think that's not a bad spot for them. I don't think that much of UCLA, even at the number two seed, Kansas at the top of the West region, you know, maybe the, maybe the Zags in a year where we're not expecting them to pull it off, um, you know, find a way out of that and into the final four. Well, let's go to the number two seeds as you were kind of alluding yeah. to. So, uh, uh, you said UCLA, uh, mm-hmm. ten game win streak entering the yeah. uh, Pac twelve tournament. Uh, Jamie Jacquez playing amazing, seventeen points a game, eleven rebounds, averaging a double double for the season. But I think a lot of people know UCLA for their defense, uh, mm-hmm. amazing defense. Uh, you know they they're known for that. They really shut teams down and make them grind for wins. Uh, then yes. you also have Arizona. As a number two seed, uh, they they play at a super high pace of play, kind of very opposite of UCLA. Uh, they have an offensive net rating of 111, which you know, f- which just means that they were to have 100 possessions a game, uh, they would score 111 points, which is you know one of the best in the entire NCAA, not just the the Pac-12. Uh, Texas new coach doing amazing. Uh, you know, Rodney Terror. Ter- Rodney Terror, Terry, excuse mm. me, coming in after the firing of Chris Chris Beard this yeah. season. Um, however, they lost five games 
away games entering the Big 12 tournament, which is definitely a concern for me, just given that all these games, of course, are played in a neutral site and not at home. And then the last uh, last team, uh, Marquette, the last number two seed we have as Marquette. Um, again, kind of the opposite of UCLA, not really known for their defense, especially in the interior there. But they do force a lot of turnovers, uh, you know, in the middle of the court, uh, middle field. Um and they have a great offense as well. So that might be something to look forward to uh, with Marquette. Uh, 28 wins this season, the most in the school's history since the 70s, uh, the early 70s, 1970. Uh, like I said, offense uh, and defense both have really improved uh, the last stretch of the season here. Yeah, I mean, Mar- Marquette's been been super impressive. It's amazing what Shaka Smart has um has accomplished and in, in really in short order there uh, in a tough league too, just blowing out everybody. I mean, uh, with Tyler Kolek, the, the, you know, really un- unstoppable uh, player at times. Now, Texas on the other side, um, and how much would everyone love to see a Marquette-Texas matchup somehow with uh, him going back up against, uh, against the Longhorns, um, but maybe, you know, Maybe they could have given Smart a couple more opportunities before they moved on to to Beard. But Texas, though, there's just so many players who can score uh, on that team. I mean, uh, Marcus Carr and Timmy Allen and Rice Mitchell, all these guys. I mean, we've seen games where they have 20-plus points apiece, and it's just a different guy every night. Now, I think that Texas is probably – most unlucky in that they they drew Houston, who if they find themselves playing each other, it's always a war with Houston. Uh, just the way that they approach any game, any sport against the Longhorns, um, that's going to be a chip on their shoulders. Uh, that's why I think in many ways I look at Houston as uh, the best path, because if they find themselves facing Texas, they'll relish that in the Elite Eight. So, But, but Marquette, I mean, I think Marquette, there's certainly a path there. Um, you know, for them, I think UCLA has pretty much a free path to the Sweet 16. But then after that, everything is dicey. And Arizona, I mean, you know, I think they're a little bit of a mystery um, this year. You know, I haven't seen a whole lot of them. uh, But, you know, I mean, Tommy Lloyd, impressive, uh, you know, kind of what what they've been able to, to accomplish out there. So, I mean, I think when it comes to Arizona, it's more good guards. We see it year in, year out, and guards are, you know, so so vital in this tournament. And that's if they're gonna, you know, if 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 they're gonna advance, it's gonna be because of that guard play. But one poor night, you know, from beyond the arc, and uh, it's, it could be all over. Bad losses from Arizona this year. Uh, lost eighty-one to sixty to Utah earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Midway through the season, seventy-four to sixty-one to Washington State. Uh, 88 to 79 to Stanford. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously the back the Pac-12 isn't the greatest league in the in the NCAA. Uh, mm-hmm. Still a top five, power five, but probably one of the uh, lowest of the top of the uh, excuse me of the top five there. So, um, yeah, it, they're they're hard to explain. You know, like you said, I think it's mm-hmm. going to really come on how they're shooting, whether or not they can advance up to the Sweet 16 and beyond. Uh, just one night, one bad night of shooting, like you said, from their elite guards they have, I think it's going to really be a struggle for them. And then we could see them probably even uh, dipping out uh, even sooner than before this Sweet 16. Yeah, um, Baylor's going to you know, offer them. Maybe if, I mean, if you look at like the three seeds, 
I think that three seed and that that group, um, you know, in in the South, I think Baylor is gonna gonna be a problem um, for them, you know, in if in that next round. And I also know I think Baylor's gonna draw decent numbers, you know, out to Louisville as well. So that that's a game that I, I'd love to see Baylor Arizona uh, in that third round. We'll see if it happens. It'll be interesting to uh, see, though, because Arizona, very good offense, but Baylor has a very bad defense. Uh, mm-hmm. a- according to Ken Palm, 90th in defense, Baylor. And like I said, mm-hmm. we we talked about that uh, high net rating for Arizona. So mm-hmm. it'll be a it'll be a bad or bad defense against a good offense. But, uh, you know, Baylor has good shooters as well in uh, LJ Choir and Adam Flagler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keontae George uh, will be a lottery pick next year. He's also an elaborate scorer. Uh, but but yeah, it'll just be a David Goliath there against a, a good defense and or a bad defense and a good offense. So that'll be an interesting matchup to see for sure. Uh, if it when it gets to that point, if it gets to that point, uh, you know later in the tournament there. Uh, continuing on the three seeds though, uh, we got Xavier. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't make the tournament last year, but uh, NIT winners uh, in twenty twenty two. Gonzaga, uh, you talked about an explosive offense in Gonzaga. Um, you know, super high, fast pace of play, uh, extremely high scores on the team. And then last we have Kansas State, which Kansas State's probably one of my most um, undervalued teams mm-hmm. uh, in the whole tournament. I, I actually think Kansas State has a potential to really make a run that people won't be expecting yeah. from them. And I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on Kansas State because they are kind of a weird team. Obviously, you played in the Big 12, uh, which you could argue is the best or as the best league this year in the NCAA. So they definitely were battle tested. Uh, you know, they beat Kansas this year, Texas this year, and they beat Baylor twice. Um, you know, yeah. So I'm just curious yeah. to see what, what are your thoughts on Kansas State? Yeah, I mean, Drum Tang's done, done a tremendous job. I mean, first, first year, I think I read somewhere where they were picked to be last in the Big 12, uh, you know, at the start mm-hmm. of the year. And and uh, you know, from the from the writers and the media covering them, so you think they'd be be plugged in on that one. And but yeah, instead he's basically coach of the year, and, and some uh, he's going to win at least a couple of those awards, I'm sure, uh, when they hand them out. So uh, yeah, another unselfish team. Uh, you know, not really a lot of huge, you know, like lottery type guys. Uh, I know uh, Keontae Johnson, uh, Good, to see, it was good to see him uh, emerge, you know, after the, the scary incidents at, at Florida a few years ago. So he's able to continue his career. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, they're the type of team that, that feels, feels, I mean, this is kind of going back a ways, but that team reminds me a little bit of like Nolan Richardson's Arkansas Razorbacks of like 20 years ago, just, you know, that 40 minutes of hell kind of philosophy um, that I feel like uh, Tang's uh, put in place there. So they're, they're really solid. Xavier. Um, I mean, Xavier is just one of these teams that, that can just, you know, outshoot you at any given time. And, um, you know, we've seen them do that. I know they have a couple of, um, NBA type guys on that team, Colby Jones, uh, Desmond um, Claude. I mean, they uh, they have some guys who are going to play at the next level. But for the most part, I, I I find it I find it incredible, kind of really how they've been able to be so good for so long with a number of different coaches, and yet they still get guys at that that school and and how they compete in the Big East, um, you know, con- consistently. So um, you know, I mean, I think they. Um, 
they're a team that can do it. I just, uh, you know, it doesn't feel like it's Xavier's year, but, you know, we'll have to see how, how it goes. But they, they certainly have guys on there and get it done. What happened in the uh, big, big, uh, the title game, the uh, biggie title game? Because they were beat by, they were beat by Marquette pretty bad, Xavier, uh, in that game. And I know they lack depth, which could definitely be a problem in tournament play, especially as you yeah. get late into the season here. What, what was their Achilles heel in that game when they played Marquette and they lost badly? Well, I think turnovers were why. Mm-hmm. I mean, from what I saw, I mean, they, you know, a little bit, a little bit sloppy play. Marquette, though, I mean, they, they could, you know, they, they may not have been like ranked number one in, in overall defense or anything like that. But uh, in the transition game, you know, when they, they, they're getting the steals, they're getting everything needed. And, you know, between blocks and steals, you know, they're just able to, to convert on those points over off those turnovers. And really that's the difference. And I think that's going to be key for Marquette during the tournament as well. Just kind of taking advantage of every extra possession. Before we go into the four seeds here, what yeah. uh, what top three team doesn't make it to the second round? In your opinion, um, I mean, I, you know, I feel like they they in terms of top three to get them past the, the second round. I mean, the one that I think everyone's pointing to, and I believe that's a three is 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 a indie. Um, double check my. Yeah, Penn State is the one that I feel like. Well, that's more of the four thirteen. Yeah, no, I think I think the top three, everyone's gonna gonna advance. I, I think, mm-hmm. and we say that, of course, and then there'll probably be like two upsets. Sure. But um, I think the fours are the ones that I think are, are are really vulnerable this year. Yeah, March Madness is always the time of the year where sports media is allowed to be wrong because it's impossible to be right. So it, exactly, no, nothing yeah. is, uh, you know, nothing you say is held against you in the court of law when it comes <laughs> right. to March Madness. That's for sure. But let's yeah. go to let's go to the four seeds now: Virginia, Indiana, UConn, Tennessee. Um, who's your favorite in these in these groupings? In these four seeds. Uh, you know, in in these, I think just from a matchup standpoint, I would go Tennessee because I I think Tennessee. When you're if you're projecting ahead, uh, I know they're playing a tough team. This will probably be one of those where we see this every year, where like a team slips by the first round by three points and then wins the second round by twenty or something like that. I, I could see Oral Roberts um, doing that to Tennessee uh, in the first game, uh, and and then you know having them go beat up Duke. Uh, well, excuse me, actually Oral Roberts is playing Duke, but I mean Louisiana. And Tennessee in that in that first game, you know, a tight one. I think both of those games, you know, not to talk, not to move ahead, but Duke and mm-hmm. Oral Roberts should be a close one as well. But then I could picture Tennessee beating up Duke. I don't think this is Duke's year. And then after that, then we're on to Purdue, most likely. And I think that's where it's going to get dicey for them. I do think the Boilermakers this year, but I think that's the path. Um, the best path to the Elite Eight from the four spot, I think, is for Tennessee. Tennessee four and six in their last ten games. However, uh, they do have good defense, though. Another one of those teams that makes you grind out every win that you have with them. Uh, yeah. I like Indiana a lot as a four seed. Uh, Tracy Davis, uh, potential wooden wooden award winner. Uh, yeah. You know they got a, the first round draft pick most likely in Jalen Hood, uh, Shifno. Uh, have, they haven't won back to back games since mid February though, so that's a little bit of a concern for me with Indiana. But I think I've heard a lot of good things about Indiana. Like I said, the uh, 
they have a wooden award winner potentially as well as a lottery pick in their in their lineup and and they're pretty deep too and spread the ball around really well. I, I do like Indiana and I think I've I've heard a lot of people uh, from what I'm reading, what I'm hearing, say that Indiana definitely has a chance to uh, make to make a run for it. They do. Uh, they do play Kent State though, which you know I don't think we're going to get that far down the line here. But as a 13 seed, I've heard Kent State is actually a pretty uh, uh, a, a force to be reckoned with. And I don't want to go too much out of out of out of a line here, but Kent State I've I've heard is someone to be worried about. So as much as I like Indiana, I, I have heard that you got to be watching out for Kent State as uh, in in that Midwest region there. But then as far as the other four seeds, you mentioned UConn. I mean, uh. They're both, they're one of the few teams that's top fifteen in both adjusted defense and adjusted uh offensive efficiency according to Ken Palm, and they rebound the ball really well too obviously. But uh, then Virginia, um, you know ACC, not the greatest basketball league. Uh, you know it's kind of like the opposite of Big Twelve. They're not really mm -hmm. people would argue they're not super battle tested. I know Pitt played really well this year. Miami has been really good down the stretch as well, but um, you know one of the worst free throw free throw shooting teams in the country uh so they got to definitely work on that if they want to especially have a chance to grind out uh late games to here uh in march mm -hmm. madness as we get going on in the tournament um five seeds uh san diego miami st mary's and duke i'll start with miami just mentioned them uh another mm -hmm. acc team obviously uh again like i said started out slow but finished really well actually i think one of the hard people would say are one of the hottest teams in the league right now gotta gotta work on their defense especially around the perimeter but uh like i said they've they've been really impressing people uh down the stretch here yeah no they they really have and um they seem to be one of those picks that that a lot of people are talking about as uh, the you know as a potential team that could go go pretty far um especially it seems like the chic pick if you will for upset seems to be the Kent State Indiana one so I think the reason why a lot of people are putting Miami further down the road is they're thinking that second round matchup with Kent State they'll advance and then at that point it's on to Houston most likely but yeah I mean I think um, I think Miami first round you know against a solid Drake team a, a real veteran led Drake team 27 wins I think they're going to be tested there I think uh, VCU um, against St. Mary's is uh, is going to be an interesting one. I don't don't think that much of ECU from what I've seen, but you know another senior led team, St. Mary's. This doesn't feel quite like the St. Mary's teams we've seen some prior years. Maybe a little bit overrated. I think Gonzaga showed that um, you know in their last matchup. So that could be I think a vulnerable spot for um, you know if we average one or two five twelves. Uh, every year, 12 is moving on. I think VCU uh, gives a real good chance for that one. And then, um, you know, you know, we mentioned Oral Roberts a little bit in the in the last segment. I mean, you can't you can't fake 30 wins. I mean, it's uh, you know that there's got to be something to it. Now, I just it would feel yeah. weird to see mm -hmm. Duke somehow lose that game, but I could see it being exciting right right down to the to the to the very end. And then, um, you know, beyond that, I don't think much of college of charleston another big gaudy record but you look at their record a lot of those games they slipped by some real inferior teams so even though san diego state may not be the greatest five seed we've seen uh i think they're going to advance beyond charleston yeah uh talk about st mary's first uh um, yeah 
have never haven't reached the second round since 2001 2002 mm-hmm. season so that's problematic like you said gonzaga definitely uh, showcased their weaknesses this year uh lost to them twice uh first time by what is that nine yes. points and then the second time 77 to 51 so what is that mm-hmm. I guess 16 points so they, they played a very slow pace a very low scoring team which I guess is obviously why Gonzaga had a way with them. But uh, and then, then you bring, bring up Duke. Duke's kind of interesting. I, I think Duke is another team that's like Miami, uh, you know, another five seed like Miami, where they were not good in the beginning of the season, but then a lot of players got healthy. You know, that, you know, Jeremy Roach, Derek Lively, the second, Derek Whitehead, they all got healthy. And now Duke is actually playing really well, uh, really well. You know, they just won the ACC tournament. As we mm-hmm. all know, and I think a lot of people, I, I've been hearing mixed things about Duke. I, I know you just said Duke, it's not Duke's year, but then I've heard other people that are really high on Duke right now and think that they're going to go pretty far in the tournament. So I, Duke is another one of those teams I think is a lot like, kind of like Indiana in that point where I'm hearing a lot of different things about them. I'm, I'm hearing both good and bad. And so they're one of those teams that's going to be really hard to judge uh, how far they can go. And then lastly, the only point I have on San Diego uh only lost two games from uh, January 14th up until, you know, just beginning of March here before the tournaments started. So they're on a hot streak for sure. And like you said, I, I, I you know, I think they make it out of Charleston as well. I agree with you on that point. And uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how far San Diego can go this year. Uh, six seeds. We got the, we got Creighton, Iowa State, TCU, and Kentucky. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, Kentucky uh, doesn't, you know, if they don't get past the first round, which can definitely be a possibility with, uh, you know, them playing, uh, excuse me, who are they, who are they playing in the first round? I think it's the, uh, yeah, Providence. I think they will be Providence, but definitely will have a, you know, tough time against uh, uh, Kansas state then, but what what's the yeah, bar? Been... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was saying they've been kind of up and down. I mean, I think the, the point guard Wallace, um, you know, he, he's, he's been, great as a freshman and i guess there's a chance he might he might be a one and done type of guy and i know that's kind of derailed them in the past uh, to get get some things going and then some guys bolt for the league end up not even really being you know high picks but they've they've had to you know you have to replace anybody you feel like they have the, the veteran back there you know oscar um you know player of the year what in 21 i guess it was he mm-hmm. um so, I mean, you feel like his leadership could certainly be important in these types of games. And, um, but it just doesn't, this doesn't feel like, like your, your typical year. They've, they've, anytime throughout the season, they got to win a couple and all of a sudden it's another bad loss to, you know, a middle of the pack SEC team. And so I, I'd be surprised. I, I don't, I don't think they'll go out in round one, but they could. You know. Yeah. Um, if they if they don't make the Sweet Sixteen, I think uh, I think Lexington becomes that much closer to being a football town as all the talk was in the beginning of the year. Uh, Calipari for sure will be being questioned even more than he's being questioned now. So, but they are eleven and five in the last sixteen games. A lot like Duke, the other blue blood uh, had health issues, but getting healthier now. Uh, Severe Wheeler, uh, Casey Wallace, C.J. Frederick. Uh, they have they do have guys getting healthy as well and like I, like I said they're a lot like Duke in that sense that they're on the up upswing now that they have players coming back and they're getting another uh, getting more rhythm now yes. um and then they're also also I read that they're second in offensive efficiency coming down the stretch of the year too so mm. another team I just don't know what to make of them but we'll see once the tournament gets started 
TCU, um, another six seed. What what are your thoughts on TCU? Because I think they're another team I can't really put a finger on personally. Yeah, well, I like TCU and Creighton, but these are six seeds. But yeah, TCU, you know, it, it's, it's certainly Jamie Dixon back. Uh, you know, what's in about his fifth or sixth year now at his alma mater. Um, apparently, I guess there's a little bit of team issues there as they lost. I know one of their their stars, Eddie Lampkin, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. kind of left the team. There's some, you know, they, they held up okay in the Big Twelve tournament. Maybe got a little bit further than than some thought they were, but um yeah you know if there's some discontent in the locker room there i, I gotta feel like that's going to carry over i do like that that guard uh mike miles who's um you know very solid and you can hit the big shots here i just uh kind of feel like if there was a team that you know could could potentially be, be upset uh it would be it would be tcu i think the exact opposite about creighton i think this is a team to to keep an eye on um and they were a little disappointed in the way that they went out, uh, you know, last year. And I think it was an overtime matchup. Uh, really had to, had the top seeds uh, right on the, uh, you know, almost knocked off a number one there. They got the defensive player of the year in Kalkbrenner uh, for Creighton. Greg McDermott, I think, has done excellent really pretty much everywhere where he's gone and as a point guard as well. I think Greg McDermott possibly Iowa's head coach next year if Iowa falls apart uh, in the in this tournament again mm-hmm. and may probably move on from McCaffrey so I think McDermott is uh, is one of the best and I think this Creighton team may have a little bit of a chip going into this tournament uh Creighton first in defense defensive efficiency in the Big East mm-hmm. um TCU however as you said a little bit more worrisome of a team mm-hmm. uh only second time TCU has pulled off consecutive uh, tournament appearances. Uh, last instance was for the school history was back in the 1952-53 season. So not a good track record as far as, uh, you know, March Madness goes. And Well, I guess back then it wasn't really, I guess, March Madness that long ago. But just as far as the national championship, national tournament go, TCU doesn't have a very good track record or very good resume of uh, showing up back-to-back years. And that's obviously mm-hmm. troublesome. You want a team that has a good resume uh, to, to make it you know, for far along in the tournament. Uh, and then Iowa State, uh, not to, you know, keep saying this over and over, but it's another team that I can't really get a, get a lead on. I know a lot of people are high on Iowa State, and I know a lot of people that say that Iowa State's going to be gone in the first round. And, mm-hmm. uh, again, you can't take away them playing in the Big 12, a super tough conference, uh, battle-tested, uh, seven and eight in their last road games, though. However, mm-hmm. leading up into the Big Twelve tournament, and kind of very similar to, I guess, what that was Indiana there that I was talking about, um, about being uh being bad on their road games. So, yeah, what um you know what what's your take on uh, Iowa State? Well, I mean, I I think that's that's one where I just think it um probably going to be gone. I, I just have a feeling that. You know, they, they also have to draw the play-in winner. Um, was it Mississippi mm. State and Pittsburgh? So, the, I mean, a little bit less prep work going into that one as well for them. Uh, I, you know, I'm I'm a little surprised that they they drew the sixth seed, really. I think, I think that they feel like a nine or a ten to me. So, the, it almost seems like this is like 
almost like a setup now for an 11 to advance uh, with the, uh, with the play in winner. I, I think they're just sitting there, just not going to be uh, ready to play. I think Pittsburgh could beat them in, in general. I think Mississippi state as well. So where, however that shakes out, I don't think we're going to be seeing the cyclones uh, very long. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. I, I, I keep wanting to, I keep wanting to believe in the Iowa State mm-hmm. uh, Cyclones, but I, I get on with you. I don't think they really have. I don't. I don't see them going very far this year in the tournament. Um, let's take a little bit of a pivot though, and just real fast go into these uh, playing playing games here. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't have to talk about the 16 seeds as well. I don't think there's a lot of interest, you know, between mm-hmm. uh, Southeast Missouri and Texas A&M and Texas Southern and FDU here, but. Arizona State and Nevada, they're definitely not teams to uh, look away from. And then Mississippi State has some history. But I think a lot of people are very interested in Pitt. Uh, one of the best teams in the ACC this year didn't really get a whole lot of recognition, though, from the national media. I mean, barely finished the season ranked. Uh, and they had to fight for that for that spot. So what just give me the just give me any takes you have or thoughts you have if if at all any that from the Pitt and Mississippi State game and then we'll move on to the uh, Nevada uh, Arizona State matchup. Well, I it's it's interesting that they didn't match Pitt and Arizona State together because I think you can there's some real comparisons you could draw between the coaches there, Capel and Hurley. You know, maybe on the on the hot seat. Um, and the teams responded. You know, we've seen some other schools where they they just went the other way entirely. Instead, these teams, you know, found a way to to respond. I mean, they they both seem like they were a lot more impressive than than the last four teams into the field. But that's just the way it worked out uh, for them and for Arizona State and, and uh, Pittsburgh. I don't know if they announced who actually was the last. I don't think they do. But um, you know, similar kinds of turnarounds probably most comparable with Northwestern um, who for whatever reason is given, you know, a higher seed, but I think a very similar types of seasons for them. And um, yeah, I think Arizona state is, is going to be hungry in this one. I think that's, I just feel like Arizona state's going to, that's going to mean something a little bit more to them in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Talk about another, another kind of chip on your shoulder type of game, a little bit disrespected, um, you look at their 22 and 11 and compare that with like what we just talked about with Iowa State's 19 and 13. And, you know, the, the disrespect being shown to the ACC this year was uh, tremendous. I mean, I, you know, Clemson passed on entirely. Uh, I don't know if he could make a real case for Carolina, but I think Pittsburgh uh, may have done more than, than than being a last four in. Yeah, interesting to see uh, the play-ins there. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, one of the fir- uh, first game uh, tomorrow, starting tomorrow, actually here. Yeah, uh, I, on the channel I skipped T- those in the past. I'm actually more interested with with these two. Uh, you know, usually it's like a kind of a formality, but yeah, the, the, that both of those elevens are, are real interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people look at those playing games yeah. as kind of a. Mm-hmm. appetizer and a lot of people don't even pay much attention to them but i agree yeah. i mean again the 16 seed games that's that's something that i think a lot of people might turn ahead against but yeah i mean arizona nevada and mississippi state pit like you just mentioned definitely not teams to turn their head against and we'll, we'll be interested to see what they do uh tomorrow uh and what and what the what, what the turnouts end up being yeah. Uh, so seven seeds, uh, Missouri, Texas A&M, Northwestern, and Mich- Michigan State. Uh, Missouri, one of the funnest teams, most fun teams to watch yeah. uh, here in the South. Uh, very high-scoring team. They play super, super fast. 
Uh, Dennis Gates has been doing a great job as his first season mm-hmm. uh, as the head coach there, as I read about and heard from many people as well. But Texas a and I, I want to bring up because I know a lot of people are mad at Texas A&M's uh, standing here at seven. And a lot of people think that they should actually be higher than seven. Uh, they beat Alabama, Tennessee this year on the resume. Um, I think I just I, I think a lot of people, again, just by their style of play and uh, how good of a team they are, that they should actually be a higher seed than seven. Yeah, it's uh they i think they probably should be too i think they should be probably a five i wonder if that if the sec tournament went slightly different just where they would put them exactly i think they the committee loves to have fun with these potential matchups and so they they probably couldn't help themselves but see that texas a&m texas matchup in the second round um as a as a strong possibility that probably you know got them uh, excited uh, for that one Plus, they're putting, you know, they have both games there in the in the same, like I said, the same site in Des Moines. So it just it, it feels like something where they probably were cooking that a little bit uh, for that for that outcome. Um, or excuse me, the, that's two rounds to Greensboro, then Texas A&M would be in the third round. Mm-hmm. But still, it's it's lurking out there uh, if they could uh, if they could advance. So, um, but you know, I I think they're gonna have their hands full just getting out of game one A&M because probably another team that could make a real argument for a higher seed is, is Penn state. And so, um, yeah, I mean, A&M, whether fair, unfair, um, the, the path is, uh, is pretty difficult to be thinking about them on the second or third weekend. Yeah, definitely. Uh, That'll be that'll be a good matchup for sure. Probably one of the best matchups I, th- I think in the first round here, as far as just yeah. um, you know, cl- who the closest of the teams and their skill levels, uh, a, a fair matchup if you if you will, if yeah. you want to call it that. So, uh, yeah, that that'll definitely be a good game. And then you know, lastly, we have Michigan State and Northwestern, uh, like you alluded to. Mm-hmm. Michigan State, uh, I don't have a lot for them. I just obviously know they, you know, everyone knows they suffered that. Uh, tragedy this last month and the yeah. mass shooting and then uh that's definitely as especially with young players going to take a toll on their locker room and uh not being professionals yet uh you can only imagine that that's going to have a toll on them and uh have a little bit of a uh you know uh, it's going to hamper their play a little bit as one can only imagine uh mm-hmm. north northwestern though i think is kind of interesting I, I, north northwestern's another team i've been hearing a lot of uh high praise for I, uh, definitely one of the best, uh, you know, mid-level teams in the bracket, uh, from what I've been hearing and reading about from other people. Uh, resume includes uh, beating Purdue and Indiana twice, uh, the top 20 in adjusted def- defensive efficiency, according to uh, Ken Palm. Um, so, yeah, do you do you agree with the, the people that I've been reading about? Uh, uh, the yeah. people that I've been reading I, I, from uh, Northwestern, a, a team that you should be looking out for as a seven seed? Yeah, I mean it's um, it's really quite the turnaround. Um, I mean, with for Chris Collins, who you know was arguably this was kind of you know maybe his hot seat year for sure, and lost a couple of transfers. Uh, uh, Nance, I know, moved on. It was a big part of his team the last the last few years, but yet they've got guys you know who can play some defense for sure. They got them, um, uh, but that's really what's been there how they've been winning these games for the weekend, you know, night in, night out in the big 10. So 
Um, you know, they seem to be a team that's comfortable in these close games, uh, eking out a number of games by less than four points or so. So they, you know, they'll if they, if they can keep they can hang around, they're going to knock down their free throws. They're going to do what needs to be done, and they're going to play the defense. I think to frustrate you uh, in the end. So yeah, I, I I think Northwestern is is interesting, and maybe they're a little bit desperate. Um, I mean, there's a big part of me that thinks if the reports are correct, that had they been a little bit better the last few years, I mean, who knows if Chris Collins isn't coaching in the, at Duke right now, um, but they weren't. So, you know, he found himself kind of in a desperation mode and the players responded. That's a good sign for a coach. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so we'll uh, get your bracket out, which I'm sure you already have out in front of you, uh, mm. which you've filled out in that. I want to get your thought, because we're going to start to go a little bit more rapid fire now as we get into the yeah, higher yeah. seeds. Um and what we're going to do with the 89 seeds is I'm going to simply just ask you who wins in each of the um, uh, sectors here. So in the South, we got Maryland and West Virginia. Uh, what team comes out into the second round against Maryland and West Virginia? Who do you have on your on your bracket here? As, yeah, it's as funny. You know, I, I haven't actually haven't even filled it out yet, but I'm, I could certainly talk about it like right now. Yeah, I mean, I based on that, my, my leaning is, is Maryland just from what I've mm-hmm. seen and um, just, year, you know, all year long. So, yeah. Bad road team. I, that's all I know about Maryland from what I read. Uh, two and nine out of College Park. Uh, Mountaineers have had an extremely uh, inconsistent season, though. So that, that's something I that's one I can't even speak on right now. Uh, to be completely honest, just a little bit too hard to judge. I'll have to look into a little bit more before I fill out my official bracket as well. Uh, Memphis FAU. I think you alluded to it earlier. I think you're going to pick Memphis to to. Yeah. Over four team Atlantic. on the uh, ups upswing, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, Penny's uh, Penny Hardaway really got them, you know, a little changed the mindset a little bit there, you know, from trying to get these potential one and done guys to maybe some guys who are going to be hanging around still, possibly pro prospects. Uh, uh, I like what they're doing there a lot, and um, be interesting with Houston moving on from that conference in another year. Although who knows the way things may go, Memphis might be joining them if they. Get some major, major expansion news. Uh, in the West, we got Arkansas eight against Illinois nine. Arkansas turns the ball over uh, pretty badly. One of those teams that really just can't hold on to the ball very well. Uh, and then Illinois um, seven and two record from January fourth to thirty first. Uh, they're kind of on the upswing as well in a little bit end of the season here. Uh, who do you like in this matchup? Yeah, I love both coaches. And um, Arkansas, probably the biggest disappointment this year, maybe, um, you know, for in terms of the talent to what they've actually put, you know, put together. But I also feel like ultimately talent should win out. And I think at the moment, at least, and then I wouldn't have said the same thing last year, but at the moment I feel like Arkansas has the skill. And I think I could, could see this being one of those, one of those seasons where, you know, they kind of just sputtered along and then next thing you know, they're knocking off Kansas or something, you know, I don't, wouldn't predict it necessarily, but I could see it happening. And, and I think they have the coach who could do so. With, uh, so I'll definitely pick um, Arkansas. And then lastly, Midwest, we got Iowa and Auburn. Uh, Auburn has had a weird season as well. Um Lost to a lot of good teams by very low margins, and I have it. I have it written down here. So, 
They lost by three or fewer points to uh, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, uh, Arkansas, uh, West Virginia, and USC, and only five points to uh, Alabama in overtime. We all remember that game as well as uh, Texas A&M. But um, with the, I have four or nine in the last 13 games, so leading up to the NCAA tournament. Um, so who do you have? I, I like I, I mean, I like Auburn uh, over Iowa in this game, but who do you have uh, going on to the second round? Uh, Auburn by 25. Really? I think okay. I was checked out. Yeah, I think they're yeah. done. I, I don't know if I'll say 25, but I um <laughs> I was also picking Auburn. Because they, they, they started yeah. out the season really well. I mean, they were a highly ranked team earlier in the season, had a lot of uh buzz about them. Uh, yeah. Just, uh, didn't finish the season off very well, that's all. But still held no. on very closely to teams, good teams. I think Iowa should be in Dayton right now, and they'd be done two days earlier. I really feel like that. I think um, I think they're just done. I think they they're have pretty much cashed it in. And it's a watch they surprised me, which would be impressive. But um, yeah, I just think it's over for them, unfortunately. All right. Well, now we're going to go even more, a little bit more rapid fire here. Mm-hmm. Any yeah. teams, and and it could be a no if you if you really don't have anything to speak about. Uh, that's totally fine because we got a little bit deeper down in the weeds here of the bracket but any 10 seeds jump out at you i know you said penn state they should be ranked a little bit higher than they are yeah i think i think penn state is um is probably is definitely the most interesting 10 seed uh when you're looking at you know as is who could could who could make a run another coach of the year candidate there uh you know in shrewsbury and uh you know as, as for the others i mean just you know and scrolling through it I just would be, I'd be really shocked. I, I guess the, I guess probably the, the one that may, then I'm guessing this is probably even, even, even money type of game for these USC and Michigan state. So it wouldn't shock me if USC were to advance. I think no matter who advances in that game though, it's going to be all over um, during on the weekend when Marquette gets to him. Um, but I would say probably USC and Penn state, the most likely of the two to advance would be, Really surprised if, um, uh, you know, if um, Utah State knocked off Missouri. Not the way Missouri's been playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 11 seeds. Uh, obviously, we already talked about Pitt, Arizona State, Nevada, Providence. Um, uh, NC State, though. Let's actually talk about NC State because I've heard a lot of talk about NC State. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on NC State here? Yeah, no, I like NC State a lot. And um but you know, as it, the way it turns out, uh, you know that they they're facing a team that I think is just far superior and and creating that. They're they're a little unlucky that they would have drew, you know, one of these other sixes. I think it would have been a much better run. I mean, if you put NC State against Iowa State as a, as a six and eleven, I think we're we're going places there. But uh, you know, I think they're another team. But the, if if the ACC, it'd be interesting if the ACC just collectively goes into this tournament like with something to prove uh and if so then maybe that's uh that's how they advance because they were definitely more disrespected than they've ever experienced as a conference uh in history uh none of the other 11s necessarily jump out i i do think arizona state assuming they win the the um uh playing game you know, we'll see at TCU. I think TCU is solid, but I think Arizona State is a, is a motivated bunch right now. But, you know, they're, they're going to have their hands full and then have to travel again uh, to play that one. Yeah, NC State, uh, definitely my favorite 11 seed out mm-hmm. of all of them. Uh, 
Turn very inconsistent though. I mean, we know they beat Duke yeah. in January, but lost to Clemson pretty bad too. So they, they they've been inconsistent. They turned the ball over uh, very very badly. I think I saw a stat that uh, one in every ten possessions they turned the ball over uh, mm. in, uh, in the in ACC play this year. Uh, they also are not very good defensively, uh, just around the paint area. So, mm. but yeah, again, they're not going to go. I don't expect them to go far. Uh, in the tournament, as kind of you were alluding to, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think they'll make the second round, maybe, maybe if they're lucky. Uh, but after that, uh, I, I just don't, I don't see them uh, really getting, getting past that point. So, yeah. but we'll be interesting to see. Uh, I know they play um, in the first round here. I'm trying to, find, I mean, yeah. Oh, Creighton. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be a tough game to beat. I mean, I, Maybe I think it's gonna be a good game. I think that's actually one of my surprising games that yeah. I have uh, on my radar. I, I, I knew NC. I, I forgot who NC State was playing in the first round, obviously, but I I knew who they were playing. I made a mental note of it that it, it's gonna be a good game. So, uh, I definitely will be. I think I. It, it's just one of the team. It's one of those teams where you don't know which one's gonna show up, right? Which uh, are they gonna hold on to the ball and protect it well and uh, play better defense uh, inside the perimeter, or are they just gonna let Creighton kind of uh, let their offense run over them, like as we were alluding to earlier. So it'll be interesting it's to always, see. Yeah, it's always interesting too for teams where they think, where you think the coach might be moving on, mm-hmm. whether how they react, you know, whether it's like they're all just all in for coach or is it like a quick checkout, you know? And I think Creighton has that. And I think, um, you know, I think Iona, um, you know, I guess if we're, you know, moving to a 13th seed Iona, the, you know, that's going to be. Uh, kind of interesting. I think there's gonna be a lot of eyes on on Patino there. Um, but again, you know, they pretty much know that he's moving on. So are they as um, you, you know they they're giving it their all for for coach the way they would have in a prior year? Yep. And uh, so let's move on. Finishing yeah. up here, twelve thirteen seeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just give you one. Like I said already, I think uh, Kent State is an interesting yeah. game. Uh, I know I've heard a lot of buzz about Kent State. Uh, who who is uh, out of the twelve and thirteen seeds? What team uh, excites you the most that you can see maybe making a run here? Well, yeah, like I mentioned a moment ago, I'm I'm excited to watch Iona uh, because now it's I think three or four years in for Rick Pitino there. So, and again, this is kind of his farewell to to that team, and gets UConn, you know, <laughs> tough. Uh, Big East spot. He's probably headed to the to the Big East soon. So be interesting to see how they how they react to that one. Kent State. I'm an alum at Kent State, so of course I'm excited about about them for that reason uh, personally. But uh, I also have been following them fairly closely throughout the year, and a lot of close wins. And you know, I'd like this. I'd love to see them advance. They do have a lot of seniors on that team, so it would be fun to see. Don't really see much out of Charleston or Furman. Uh, coming about or Roberts, I think will make it a close one and make it fun against Duke, but I can't imagine them winning uh, Newark and I with Louisiana. So yeah, just really the, those couple, I, and I'm sure somebody else will surprise us, but Iona, Kent state are the ones that jump out. Do uh, either, either of those teams by jump out, do they make the sweet 16 you think, or is that a little bit too much? Yeah, I, I, I don't see it. Um, well, I mean, I guess the one that the one that I think everyone would probably be looking at 
is because we I, I failed to mention BCU St. Mary's, right? So mm -hmm. you wonder if Iona BCU round two could happen. And we've seen that before, that 12-13 round two matchup. And I guess that's really the best path to Sweet 16. All right. 15 seeds. Any team uh surprise us like they uh like they did in the past year? Any, well, any 14, team? 15. Oh, uh, oh, out of 14, 15, yes, excuse me. Yep. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, I mean, um, I think um, the UNC Asheville, at fifth, if you're going to look at 15, I think that's the strongest 15 uh, far and away. Um, I just don't think, uh, you know, Colgate, I, I haven't seen, I can't say I've seen a lot, but Texas, I just don't think they're going to allow that to, to be competitive, nor will Princeton against Arizona, Vermont, Marquette. So I think UNC Asheville, far and away, has the best, 15-2 situation. Kennesaw State is a team that I watched um, a few times, and they are they're pretty strong now. Xavier's a, a, a tough one, but that's a that's a team that really uh, is is competitive, and so I could see them making that one interesting. And whether or not you know in the final ten minutes they can turn a close game into an upset, you know, is to be determined. But I would say Kennesaw of the fourteens. Um, nothing else really seems to be plausible unless Michigan State is um, – well, that, I mean, I'm sorry, the Kansas State, Montana State, I don't know you know anything about Montana State. So, yeah, just Kennesaw would be the only 14 that on paper you can maybe make a case for, keeping it close. So, no – does any 15 seed make it the second round this year? I mean, obviously, we can't expect a St. Peter's scenario again like last year making it to the Elite Eight, but do you even see uh, any of the 15 seeds uh, getting past a, a two seed here? If you don't believe in UCLA going real far, then I think that's probably the one that would make the most sense, and that's uh, Asheville um, over, over UCLA. But realistically, would be – a big shock sure. this year, it always of course. Is. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. All right. And 16 yeah. seeds, anything uh, before? I mean, you don't see any up major upsets of the one seeds there, right? I, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's only happened once, once in the history of the whole uh, tournament, which we all know a couple, a uh, couple years ago yeah. with uh, Virginia, but that, I don't, I don't see that happening. And, you know, we'll, we'll keep that real short. Just in, I don't, want to ask if you i was at that virginia game and i remember it and I, and I pretty much went to the whole redemption uh virginia games the next year which i followed them around uh so that was uh, it was kind of amazing to see um th i'd say the only one that that you could it would seem so implausible but i mean did he, unless houston's psyche is just totally damaged from that championship game in the aac i don't see it happening but um you know if, if their head's not right get against anybody, that could be the only thing if they're thinking too far ahead to playing at home in the final four. But um, now realistically, I mean, it's hard to ever predict it. Sure. But oh, you can't. No. And that, that's what so made, made the Virginia losing that game so amazing because like the whole game, they're down by 20 or like, is this ever going to get competitive? Mm -hmm. You kept thinking of certainly, and they never made a run. It was so weird. Such a wild game. The only way, really, in my opinion, I think a lot of people would agree that a 16 seed beats a one seed is that you just don't miss. Uh, you just shoot from <laughs> from the three. Yeah. And or you a just big injury or something. You don't miss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's which, – which is what happened uh, when Virginia went down. But uh, yeah. they, they were shooting amazingly, and they just could not miss, and that's ultimately yeah. how that ended. So I know you don't have your bracket filled out yet. Um, 
do you uh could you say your final four now yeah i mean i i think so i mean um you know I, i'm pretty confident i'm not confident but i i have an idea with which way i'm going with that so yeah i, I would go i'm gonna go houston finding a way to get out of that i know that i bet you there'll be some because there always is there's going to be some head scratching performances by houston uh where you're going to wonder, but I think they just find a way to stumble through four wins and get the way to the final four. I think Gonzaga, I think Drew Timmy and then Mark Few are going to surprise. Uh, I think this is the, the pressure is off this year. I think they, they, they find a way Purdue. I'm, I'm just a believer in them. Um, and I also think Marquette maybe too much too soon in that region. I know they've got some tough games to get to that point, but I would definitely go with, with Purdue and then the the South, the region that I'm going to, I'm probably the most torn about that. Uh, so I'm really excited to see it. Um, I think it could be, I think it could be any one of six teams, maybe even seven teams that, that are in the mix there. So just for right now, I'll go Virginia, but I might change that a few times really? along the way. Hmm. Yeah, I know you talked high on Creighton as well. I can only imagine they're one of those six teams. Baylor obviously has to be. Is, was Missouri one of those six teams that you could see? I, I, I would say, yeah. I would say mm. basically seeds one through seven. Because, you know, Alabama, I mean, it's hard to, like, yeah talk down about them. I mean, they've done great. I just, you know, it's just you believe it. Yeah, I'd say one to seven in that any one of them can make it. I, I think a Virginia-Creighton matchup, I could see that happen. I could see Arizona against Virginia or Alabama. Um, so, yeah, I, I'll go with Virginia right now, but we'll, we'll see where that goes. Yeah. It is Purdue your national champion. I know you you I you were talking up them yeah pretty highly in the beginning. So I, that's what I want to see. I want to see Purdue Gonzaga Purdue winning it. If I had a uh, choice, on I think that would be uh, a fun one to watch. That'd be very good. Very good matchup. <laughs> well, Brian, this has been great. Uh, really appreciate uh, your time coming on. Uh, I think we covered a lot. Sorry for your uh, going a little bit over, but I think it was oh, a okay. great. Great uh, preview in the March Madison. We just can't thank you for your time enough. Oh, well, thank you so much. Appreciate having me on. Uh, happy to talk during the during the tournament if you want as well. So, uh, cool. yeah, yeah, we might it. take you up on that. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, maybe as we get into the lead eight here, we'll have you back on and uh, give yeah, us an elite good. eight preview or Sweet Sixteen. We'll we'll figure that out though. Okay. Um, Brian Scheibel, uh founder of Post Game Central, host of College Football Weekly on the Sports Map Radio. Check him out there. Um, yeah, it's been great. We'll have you on again sometime soon, okay? All right, it's awesome. You have a good one. Okay. See you. All right, you too. Bye. Okay, let's finish up the show. Uh, Players' Championship this weekend, uh, Scotty Scheffler, now the number one player in the world, uh, number one in uh, tour power rankings. Uh, he became the first player along with Tiger Woods is the well, the only player along with Tiger Woods to win both the Masters and players before age 27. Uh, now, currently, uh, you know, like I said, what has just won the players tournament and is a uh, top player in the world. Well, yeah, Scotty Scheffler is definitely, you know, making his mark and, and making his way up there with Tiger Woods and some of the best in the PGA and its history. Won six times in the last 13 months. Uh, again, players this uh, won the players this last weekend at uh, TPC Sawgrass. And uh, March 22nd to 25th is the uh, World Golf 
uh, championships, the Dell Technologies match play that they always do each year in Austin. Uh, he won that last year as well. So it'll be interesting to see if he can uh, defend his title and continue his uh, dominance going into the Masters here. Uh, just to run down the uh, next, the the top 10 of the golfers uh, currently in the, in, in the tour power rankings, we have uh, John Ram. Uh, didn't play in TPC Sawgrass uh, this weekend in the players just because of an, an illness. But uh, below him, we have uh, Rory McIlroy at three, Max Homer at four. I think Max Homer actually last week was eighth in the world or seventh or eighth or at least a, at least a week or two weeks ago. So he's definitely coming down and uh, definitely a master's favorite here as we head into April. Uh, Tony Finau is fifth, which I'm actually kind of surprised about. I didn't know he was that low in the power rankings. So good for him. Uh, Colin Murakara, uh, he's uh, currently sixth right now. Uh, and Victor Hovland, Patrick Hantley, Xander Shoffley, and Tom Kim actually rounding out the last four there. So, um, yeah, like I said, Masters coming up in April here. Uh, we got a World Golf Championship as well coming up. So definitely, definitely uh, some room for players to, to break into the uh, top 50 and get ready for the Masters here. Well, yeah, I mean, the Masters is definitely, you know, definitely the big round here. And, you know, everybody's trying to get on their game for for the Masters and, you know, hopefully, hopefully make things competitive and hopefully, you know, let's see who wins the, the tournament. Speaking of 50, Bruins became the first team, well, the fastest team in NHL history to uh, get the 50 wins in a season. Uh, they beat the record set by the 1995-96 Red Red Wings. Uh, they won it in 64. Uh, Bruins needed uh 64 games for 50 wins, and the uh Red Wings needed 66. Uh, back all those years ago. So, um, yeah, good for them. Uh, you know, the record was there for about 30 years. Like I said, uh, Red Wings back in 1995-96. Uh. Uh, had that record for the longest time, but now the Bruins uh, in Boston are the uh, fastest team to 50 wins in the NHL. What a team this year. I mean, guys, you know, you have the veteran players coming back with Marshawn and uh, Bergeron and uh, the rest of their core, obviously. They have a new goaltender and a new head coach in Boston, and they they look like they're definitely, you know, they look like they're the favorites right now to to really win the Stanley Cup, win the Eastern Conference. But in hockey, you never know what happens in the playoffs. And we've seen the top teams be knocked off in the first round even. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, what Boston can do and see see if they stay perfect throughout the playoffs. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's a... Uh... About 12 games left for both NBA and NHL, uh, give or take, you know, 10 to 15 games uh, left in the regular season for for both the uh, ice and hardwood uh, leading into uh, uh, April and, uh, you know, end of March, April here. So playoffs coming around the corner, March Madness uh, on its way as well and uh, free agency and the start of the NFL season officially starting on uh, tomorrow here. So, yeah, it'll be exciting to see. And we're a lot of good things to look forward to in sports. Uh, not much else uh, this week. I, I know, like I just said, a lot of people were focusing on March Madness right now. Uh, but let's talk about uh, any free agency, uh, this wrap up that we need to do. I know we talked about Derek Carr a little bit last week. Um, 
uh, you know, he signed with the Saints, uh, going to be the starting quarterback for the Saints. I think, interestingly, though, which I don't think we touched on last weekend, was that the state, uh, the Saints, while uh, signing Carr, were actually able to keep Michael Thomas, Juwan Johnson, and even Jameis Winston. So interesting that Jameis Winston even agreed to stay on the Saints. Um, you know, just given that his potential that he had in the league. Now, of course, he had his injuries last year, kind of, uh, you know. I think he's playing it safe, wanting that one-year, $8 million contract until he gets healthy again, can work on his game and get full, get back to full strength. But, but yeah, Jameis Winston will be playing underneath Derek Carr this year, barring any injury. And uh, what do you think the Saints uh, – what, what are your predictions for the Saints record this year with, the, with this new signing? Do you think Derek Carr can uh, make them a playoff team? I think so. I think in that division is pretty wide open. Um, you know, the Bucks obviously having questions at quarterback with Brady's retirement, the Panthers see what they're going to do with the number one pick and the Falcons. They have also have question marks at quarterback. So that's that's a wide open division right there. And, um, you know, that's why Carr, I think, chose the Saints. You know, obviously the Panthers and the Jets are both interested in Carr, but you know, that's why he chose the Saints. There's some talent there. They were able to keep Michael Thomas. You have Alvin Kamara. You have Chris Avalaire at wide receiver. Uh, you have some offensive talent for sure, and uh, even even defensively. So I think the Saints could potentially be the favorites in the NFC South right now. Well, weakest division in football, uh, you can argue. Pretty much. So, uh, you know, it's – it's wide open for them, so to speak. It's they don't really have much competition. They sure didn't last year, and it looks like it's going to be that way this year too. Um, Panthers signed Andy Dalton, uh, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, can only expect that he's going to be playing under uh, a young player this year. Uh, uh, you know, we all know that Panthers traded up for the number one pick just this last week. Uh, we can only expect that their hopes are to draft a quarterback with that number one pick. So I like the I like the uh, signing. We'll, we won't take a whole, whole lot of time on it, but I think pairing up a veteran presence with uh, a new uh, wide-eyed uh, young quarterback is, I think, going to be really beneficial for I think so. I think it'll be beneficial for the Panthers. And Andy Dalton being a veteran bridge quarterback, you know, they're, they're probably going to draft – let's say Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, whoever they take at number one, possibly even C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. But I think whatever way the Panthers decide to go, uh, I think Andy Dalton will probably start. I think he'll probably be the bridge quarterback in Carolina. You know, they obviously have a wide-open division too. And don't forget about the NFC, a wide-open conference as well. So now with – you know, you see Bradbury returning to Philadelphia. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see what they do there. Uh, you know, Darius Slay obviously requested a trade, so he probably he might stay, he might not stay. You know, Philadelphia's got a lot of free agents. The 49ers look like they're the best roster right now in the NFC. You know, they don't have a quarterback. And really speaking of Jameis Winston, I thought he would have been really good with the 49ers. I think you know, he does have his injury concerns. You know, he does have turnover issues with the football. But I think with the 49ers, you know, they have a, one of the strongest offensive lines in the league and one of the strongest receiving cores. I mean, they're they're basically a quarterback away from 
being from from basically going to the Super Bowl in the mm-hmm. NFC and possibly being a top contender in that conference. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo was a person actually being looked into by the by the Raiders. So you're you're right. I, it was. I, I think it's kind of interesting that he's staying uh, where he is for right now. Um, but we'll see what happens to him. I I know uh, there's a lot of speculation of where he's going to end up, but uh, we'll uh, we'll just you know take it day by day. And like I said, the official start of the NFL NFL season starts on Wednesday tomorrow here on March fifteenth. Uh, when all the it's all official... legal legal uh, tampering period just yeah. between now and Wednesday. Yeah. Well. It, and it's interesting to point out, people might be wondering, you know, how how come all these deals are being able to be done now? Well, that's because tradings is possible. Uh, so a lot of things that you're seeing in the news right now are trades, but even the signings are possible due to players being released by teams, officially released. So, for example, Derek Carr, he was able to be signed by the Raiders because uh, he was actually officially released by – or I'm sorry, he was able to be signed um, – because he was actually officially released by the Raiders. I mean, I meant to say, so that's uh, if a team is, uh, if a player is still on a roster for a team right now, there, uh, there are some legalities before any deal can become final uh, until tomorrow here in, on Wednesday. So, but other, other deals, uh, let's talk about the jets a little bit. Uh, Rogers uh, still in talks with the jets. I think it's really looking like he's going to go there. Uh, a lot of the, what I'm reading about, a lot of what you hear about says that he's really considering the Jets and really considering going to the Jets. I think it's interesting that Jets also landed uh, Lazard, <laughs> which uh, I don't know if, if that's a coincidence. I, I think uh, Rogers might be calling, calling the shots a little bit in New York uh, during their meetings. I know he just came out today also saying that he wants uh, Odell Beckham Jr. to join the Jets as well. So it sounds like uh, Aaron Rodgers is doing a little bit of negotiation with the Jets, a little bit of, um, um, you know. Recruiting as well. Recruiting, exactly. Yeah, yeah recruiting for uh, who he wants on that team and making sure the Jets put those places in for him before he actually makes his decision official. It definitely looks like he's going to the Jets. He also had a wish list, too. So Odell Beckham was on the wish list. Uh, Alan Lazard, who I believe just agreed to a deal with the Jets. Um, he was also on Aaron Rodgers' wish list. And, um, you know, this definitely definitely is brewing here that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a New York Jet. When are they going to announce it? When possibly Rodgers is going to announce it on his friend's show tomorrow, Pat McAfee. At uh, at one o'clock on Wednesday, I believe. I always forget about that show. Yeah, you're right. And like yeah. and, you know, like I said, a lot of things to become more official tomorrow. So, uh, mm-hmm. def- I think a lot of people were expecting that uh, a decision would have been more official by now uh, with this whole situation. But I, I really do believe the reason that it's been taking such a long time for the Jets to reach a deal with Rodgers is because I think he's really trying to iron out some details with the team and put in the places that he wants before uh, things become final with him uh, and his move there. Um, other news, just uh, World Baseball Classic is going on as well as uh, training camp baseball. Uh, I know uh, United States just uh, destroyed Canada the other day. Uh, they definitely are looking like they're going to be uh, advancing onto the semifinals here. Uh, but other than that, baseball moves along. And uh, 
And as we know, with uh, our talk with Brian Scheibel, just right now, March Madness starts officially tonight with uh, the first uh, play-in games. And then tomorrow will be the second round of play-in games. And then uh, actual tournament bracket play uh, begin to start Thursday. Yeah, very exciting in March Madness. And uh, there's there's going to be a lot of teams to talk about here, you know, with Brian. And, uh, you know, a team that... Uh, a team that not a lot of people are talking about is Auburn. They're the number eight seed. They are playing against uh, the ninth. They're playing against the ninth seed to start it off. Uh, here, let me just. Yeah, yeah, that back. It's they're they're the nine seed, and then they are playing, the ninth seed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and playing Iowa, and that that's going to be an interesting match. Auburn has been in the tournament before with Coach Bruce Pearl. You know, let's see where where Auburn gets to, and that's a team that people should be talking about more. A lot of teams, so Alabama, you know, keeping it in the state of Alabama, Alabama's the number one seed, mm-hmm. but a lot of people are talking about them. You know, let's see what, let's see what they can do uh, in the tournament as well. So let's uh, talk about our long hauls of the week. Is Alabama got uh, your team that people should be talking about more as we head into the tournament then? I would talk more about Auburn. You know, that's what I meant. I'm, that, that's actually Auburn. what I meant. Auburn, yeah. Yeah. Um, you think that people aren't talking about Auburn enough? I don't think they're talking about it enough. You know, they have a they have a coach that's been there before, and you know, Auburn's a a very sneaky team in this tournament. You know, let's see what they can do as as the number nine seed. I mean, you know, it's usually the one seeds. It's usually the top seeds that will get far in the tournament. But could Auburn make some noise? Potentially, let's see. Start off the season sixteen and three. Uh, didn't finish extremely well though at three and eight. I think that's why a lot of people are kind of uh, selling on the selling on Auburn. But hey, I I like Auburn. I think Brian Scheibel kind of convinced me with our talk we just had with him. Uh, he uh, I have actually them going to the final four, if you believe it or not, just by how my bracket um, kind of laid out with with the matchups. I don't particularly love Auburn going to the final four. But like I said, just as I was filling out my brackets and how things kind of played out and laid out, that's um that's that's the team I'm gonna pick to actually be in the final four. Um but my long haul actually is a team that we also were talking a little bit about with Brian just now and that's Kent State. Um sincere Carey uh as a point guard for Kent State uh I think he's an extremely underrated point guard uh, he could definitely be a starter at any team uh, on uh, in this tournament, especially even a w- number one team like Alabama, Purdue, you know, Houston, whatever, Kansas. Um, they they only lost to Houston, Gonzaga, and Charleston by a combined point, a uh, combined fourteen points this year. So we all know Houston's number one seed, Gonzaga is a top rated uh, team at number three, and then Charleston's a uh, a twelve seed, but a team that a lot of people are actually predicting to even beat Virginia in the first round here. So there are no team to uh, turn ahead against either. And like I said, all three of those teams, Kent State only lost to by uh, 14 total points over the course of the year. Um, Scoring very high lately, 70 points in its last, uh, I think it was 12 games there. Uh, They've been uh, playing very, very fast paced and great offense. Um, Excuse me. They scored 70 points in their last 11 games and went 10 and one in this span. So riding going into the tournament on a very high note, uh, like I said, play against good teams, very 
very hard. Uh, they, you know, like I said, when they played Houston this year, took them to overtime and almost uh, almost won that game. Uh, they're top 30 in adjusted defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, as we were saying with Brian, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if Kent State can make make a little bit of a run here uh, in the tournament. I have, uh, I do have them beating uh, Indiana in the first round. Unfortunately, I do have Miami uh, taking uh, beating them uh, then in the second round and not making the Sweet Sixteen. But yeah, I, I still think they're going to surprise a lot of people uh, this year. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to to see how far they go. Who is um who's a team people are talking a little bit too much about uh, Justin? Who is your uh off uh who's your long haul this week? Alabama's the long haul. I mean, okay, a lot like of you people, were talking about, yeah, yeah, just what I was talking about. And what's uh, any reason for that? I, I think um I have my reasons too. Uh, I I think Alabama is also a little bit overrated. Uh, is there any particular any reason, or it's just just you know they've had a lot of different things they've had to deal with lately, a lot of uh off off court drama and a lot of distractions in the locker room that they have they've had to deal with but anything else in particular that is making you concerned about Alabama well are they going are, are they really going to be you know a signify a signifying number 1 seed in the tournament um are they going to be you know are they going to be a dominant force or are they just a regular season team obviously so you know if they could you know, if they can do well in the tournament, they you know that would prove me wrong. But for Alabama, you know, could they get past could they get past the sweet sixteen? Maybe I'll believe. But if but right now, I think that um I still think that with the off court issues that they were dealing with this year and some of this, you know, and the regular mm-hmm. season, they were very successful. Let's see what they can do now in, in the tournament. Yeah, I don't, only thing I have written down for Alabama is uh, they turn over the ball a little bit too much for a, a seed as as high rank uh, team as they are, and they also get into foul trouble a little bit. It's another thing I have written down that I read in a couple of sources, uh, but that's uh, they also they're also very deep, so that shouldn't be too much of a problem, especially in the NCAA tournament when the teams they play uh, might not actually be as deep even as them. So that that probably won't be as much of a problem. My my long haul, a little bit of a team that players are talking too much about is Arizona. Um, they play with two bigs at one time, which I think is very interesting. I don't think that's a very sustainable way to play uh, in tournament play, especially in a long tournament such as March Madness. They, uh, as I was, we were just talking with Brian uh, just now. They have bad losses this year. I mean, they they got killed by some pretty bad teams. I mean, in December they lost to Utah, eighty-one to sixty-six. Uh, they watched to they lost to Washington State in January, seventy four to sixty one, and then Stanford in February, one of the lowest teams in the Pac twelve, uh, eighty eight to seventy nine. So, not good wins. Uh, a little bit head scratchy. You might think they you you might be concerned that they play down to their opponents and play down to the strength of their opponents. Which like you know when you play in a NCAA tournament, especially if the two seed, you're gonna face opponent opponents that. Uh, or definitely below you and it definitely are not at your skill level. So I'm, I'm interested to see how Arizona uh, handles these teams and shows up against these teams, whether or not they uh, play to their level or uh, play to the team that they uh, how, as good of a team they are. Uh, another interesting point, another thing that concerns me about Arizona is uh, since February, 
Uh, they are 79th, just under 80 in overall and defensive efficiency. So they have very bad defense. Uh, I think their offense is fine. I mean, they definitely have some really good point guards and their center scores at, at a high clip too. But yeah, that defense and then again, just them playing down to their skill level, uh, especially in a tournament, like I said, where you have such a wide range of skills, skill levels that it gets me concerned about Arizona. Um Who's predictions? Let's finish the show. Predictions. What uh who's your final four, Justin? Well, in my final four, I have uh I have Auburn, obviously, um, as as we both have, and I also have uh Virginia West Virginia getting there as well. The number one seed I have getting to the final four is Purdue, and then I have Kansas State as well. Okay. You're West Virginia and Auburn. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's very uh two nine seeds. Very uh mm -hmm. yeah, very risky. Much. I have Alabama and Marquette playing. Uh and then Auburn and UCLA playing. I know I've said I have Auburn as well. We just talked about uh UCLA. I don't love um I don't love UCLA right now. I Again, they're just kind of one of those teams like Auburn, uh, which is interesting because they're playing Auburn in the Final Four. Uh, but, yeah, UCLA, they just had that big uh, Achilles injury to uh, Jalen Clark. Uh, people are saying that's going to be a big deal. I don't, especially in college basketball, I don't put a whole lot of weight on one player going down, making a big impact to teams. I think uh, – I think uh, everyone else on their team and the next man up will definitely help out UCLA. They're definitely deep enough and have enough talent on that team that, like I said, I don't think one player is going to uh, make or break UCLA. And I think they'll still be fine to make it to the final four. Um, they were a final four favorite before that injury to Jalen Clark. And I don't think that should change. Like I said, just because of one player uh, we talked about Auburn a lot. You just talked about Alabama as well. And then, you know, when we were just talking with Brian, we we touched base a little bit with Marquette too. Um, you know, Marquette definitely a team to look out for. Uh, number two seed going into the tournament, uh, they um, they have some bad interior defense, but they do force a lot of uh, a lot of turnovers, and they have really really good offense. Uh, so that's just I think that's a recipe for disaster for some teams. Uh, in the NCAA tournament, especially, like I said, the lower grade teams that they're going to face off early on to get their momentum and confidence up. And I think they ride that confidence all the way to the all the way to the finals. And in fact, I actually have them winning the entire championship uh, in the early April at the end of the tournament. So, yeah, I, like I said, I think they're going to really force a lot of turnovers, uh, take a lot of teams off guard, and then their offense is going to finish finish the job. They're going to get some confidence early on with this style of play and then ride all that, ride that confidence and momentum all the way to the, uh, eventually being the, uh, the national uh, champion. Who's your, who's your champion before we sign off for this, uh, for this. Uh, my, my team that I have winning and going all the way is going to be, um, I have Purdue winning the whole thing actually. I think they're, they're as a number one seed. I think they can definitely really get to the finals, really get to the championship game, and I I think they win, and I I think they're definitely going to be 
you know, the top, I think they're going to win the championship, win the March NCAA men's basketball tournament. Yeah, one of the only teams that rank, I think, top 10 or maybe even top five in both adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. Uh, I don't know what the exact stats are from Ken Palm, but uh, yeah, they – Zach Eddy definitely is a game changer. We talked about him at length with Brian just now as well. Um, they were, I do say, um, they don't force a lot of turnovers though, which I get, I'm, I'm a, I, I'm a huge, I, I put a lot of weight in forcing tur- turnovers in uh, the NCAA tournament only because I think with a lot of these teams that are on the lower end of the spectrum, uh, a little bit higher seeds and, uh, they're not as disciplined and they're not as um tight together uh, in the, in their play and in their ball movement. I think that really uh hinders those teams and hurts those teams. So I really do put a lot of weight in the turnovers uh in this tournament. And I uh, we all know, uh, like I said, that they they really don't turn the ball over at a very high rate. Um, and we know we saw this that this hurt them during the regular season. Um, but like I said, Zach Eddy is a, is a game changer and uh, they, their offense and defense besides the turnovers is, is pretty amazing. So, um, but yeah, that's, so yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm excited. Like I said, next couple of days here, uh, tonight and tomorrow, we got the um, play in games for the 16 and the 11 season. And we got official action starting on Thursday. Um, so, the best time of the year that always action going on um most most i watch tbs and tnt all year and there's a reason for that <laughs> so all right well all right justin this is the show uh until next time we'll uh keep it uh keep it easy okay all right <laughs>